Welcome, one and all, to Deep in Between Your Couch Cushions, to the last place you looked, to the Lost Remote Podcast. This week, we'll take a look at Tom Holland's Fright Night. No, this isn't the Spider-Man Tom Holland. This is the horror writer Tom Holland in his directorial debut. So, guys, this movie starts off with Charlie Brewster and his girlfriend Amy making out in their bedroom. Charlie is a huge horror fan and watches horror every night. Then he notices some strange behaviors from the neighbors with a coffin going downstairs. And then we... He gets in a fight with Amy, so we fast forward a little bit and find out that uh, Charlie sees a woman going to his neighbor's house. It's the last time she's seen alive. And then things really start to pick up from there as Charlie tries to spy on the neighbor. The neighbor catches him spying on him, and so now we have a game of cat and mouse. Charlie believes that the neighbor's a a vampire at this point, and the neighbor is 99% certain, certain that Charlie knows he's a vampire. So he goes to intimidate doesn't work charlie's ready to defend himself and he tries to bring in the big guns from his favorite tv show fright night peter vincent the known vampire slayer to be his hero and guys after that it just there's becomes an intertwined battle where he goes after charlie first tries to go after the neighbor jerry and then jerry comes after charlie and his friends it ends up culminating in a big battle between jerry his live-in carpenter Billy Cole, Charlie Brewster, and Peter Vincent. I am Zach Grossman, and joining me as always is Brian DeFever and no last name Arthur. And guys, whenever I watch this movie, I like to start at the very beginning and see that Charlie is really roped in and he wants Amy, but then he, when as soon as she gives in, he's just like, well, I'm moving on to check out what's out the window. What do you guys Yeah, think? we start out with some bad boyfriend behavior. The, come on, baby, don't you want it? And as soon as she's like, Okay, I do. He's immediately like peeping Tom on the neighbors, like pull it, pulling out his binoculars uh, <laughs> and checking stuff out while she's bearing herself to him. So not only is he a dick, but he's also an ass. Like, uh, I, I just, I couldn't get over like how, how quickly his head shifted gears from, you know, pushing into the first time they're going to have sex to, Hey, I wonder what the neighbor's up to. I just, that's a, yeah, a heck of a bit of whiplash there right off the top. What'd you think, Brian? Kind of disagree. I think, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't meaningfully spy on the neighbor. He just happened to look out the window during the conversation, I believe, and then saw what he saw. And it's peculiar at night. Everyone has to admit this is some weird shit going on over there. If and I agree that it's peculiar, she didn't but even I also... bother to look out the window. <laughs> I also think it's weird that he just decided to whip them out, you know, the binoculars, and take a look. When he's he very ready to behavior. spy on people, uh, which yeah. I think it, that's probably an '80s thing. There's there's usually binoculars, and uh, you know, you've got the ones in Monster Squad and things like that. I think I think it was a common accessory people had ready by their window. <laughs> what'd you what'd you think about the stuff in amanda versus amy's hair in this um it just cracked me up at the very beginning when she has like all the stuff because it makes it seem like that they are you they're definitely saying that they are still kids that they are still young and in high school because she has all like the little you know frills going on in her hair like the scrunchies and stuff like that and i thought that was hilarious um, it's something you wouldn't see now i'm pretty sure you mispronounced her name it is darcy like this yep. is, uh, I could not watch this movie and not think about Married with Children. <laughs> yeah, okay, there first of all, her no... name is Marcy, 
and married with children. Is it Marcy? Yeah. It's Marcy Darcy. Marcy Darcy. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I can't remember what the, her name is at first. It's um, where she's married to Steve. Marcy Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, Marcy uh, Rhodes. So, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. So, Marcy, I could not, for the life of me, ever accept her as the the young innocent lead anymore even though she's great in this and like what's what's fun for her is she's not quite the normal 80s uh love interest girl you know <laughs> she's always kind of got her own attitude with stuff but it just uh you know if we fast forward to when she has turned it just made me think that al was right the entire time like <laughs> He always knew she was a monster, <laughs> and she showed it in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she's great as the the very innocent, and you know you have to establish that early on, so that you can do the full on change when she's under the spell of a vampire. You know, it it makes the one it makes <clears throat> her a much more, I guess maybe let's say the term a tender prey. You know, it's very inappropriate that the, the, you know, our vampire here has targeted her. Um, but it also helps make the turn later on more dramatic. So I mean, that's a good pickup. I think all of that was intentional. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree, though, that he is, uh, he's kind of, I mean, Charlie's kind of scummy, though, how he, he shames her into having sex. And then he's like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> well, and she, he even hears it. He's like, Really? Yeah, and he's like, cool, binoculars, let's look at the neighbor. It reminded me of the beginning <laughs> of the burbs, you know, with the, what were the neighbors doing? They were digging. Digging? Yeah, digging. You know, it's just that same kind of like, you know, maybe maybe hide your, your, your coffin moving a little better than just randomly at the normal hours of night. Wait till like three in the morning, I think. That's right. Yeah. So the other thing I have with the opening sequence here, and I... I had to rewind it and watch it again because I've seen this movie a bunch and I can't believe I've always missed it. So whenever it's showing Peter Vincent, right, on um, the Fright Night and he comes up to stab the vampire or whatever, he's holding the stake backwards as he chases the vampire in this in the, the his little TV show movie. Really? Like he has the pointed in pointed at himself. <laughs> and I, I thought that was so great. And then as it goes on and you realize, yeah, obviously this guy's not a vampire killer. That's <laughs> such a great detail and it went right over my head. Uh, Brian, I know your recent watch was moderately half. Uh, it was half-assed. Well, yeah. I mean, I watched most word. of the beginning quite attentively, but um, kind well, of. Well, usually you pick up on detail like that. I was just curious if you noticed that. Oh no, no, no! I was this like this was an enjoyment watch because I I had never watched the movie from beginning to end. Gotcha. So you weren't doing fine detail. Yeah, and then I was going to do it later, um, but that didn't work out. Yeah, so for me, the last <laughs> time I saw it, I think I had one of those ones where I was a little tuned out, and I kind of was in the, yeah, that was all right. This time I liked it a lot. Like I really like the overall structure of it. Um, I think it's it's got a great pace, you know, of how how they loop the the host in it's always fun to have you know bring in your old tv horror host to you know help out or i guess in this case your actor um i i like the interaction and the menace um that are 
that our vampire here has the the little little lip curls he does at the you know you don't want to do anything that would get anybody in trouble or you know things like that not a direct quote uh and then i had to like look it up because i'm like i forget where i know him from and it's prince humperdinck you know it's it's Princess yeah. Bride, you know, I, but I, it's been a while. I haven't seen it. So, like, he's such a great, you know, a-hole. I, I love him in this. So so you, you talk about in, um, you know, Prince Humperdinck or in this movie, Jerry Dandridge. So which one's the better hunter, hunter to you, Prince Humperdinck or Jerry Dandridge? <laughs> the better hunter? Yeah, because Prince Humperdinck hunted the, the, you know, Andre the Giant and... The yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Jerry. I, I like the way he picks apart at Charlie's defenses. I like the way he uh, brings in, you know, Ed, you know, he, he the way he circles. Like, you can feel the walls closing in on all around. It's, you know, he's picking apart, getting invited to mom's house, and mom is all ready to have him over. Like, really ready to have him over. Well, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, she thought he was gay. Remember, he she says that he has a live-in carpenter. He's probably gay. Yeah, that was a very '80s bit of dialogue right up front. Just, I love the fact that she's just like, "Up, oh, two guys at that house. That's not a man for me." You know what a what a <laughs> piece of character development there. Um, but yeah, I mean, but she, uh, I th- I think he does a really good job of taking it all down. Whereas Humperdinck, you know, he gets Roberts and he holds, you know keeps him there and stuff but he can't he can't stop the squad he can't stop the 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 brute squad and things like that so now jerry's by far the far superior uh, hunter in that case brian any thoughts on that on the hunter <laughs> hunter yeah <laughs> yeah hunter yeah, i'd say the the vampire is a better better hunter he at least did something successfully even though he he got brought down in the end Spoiler alert. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah again, the... uh, we, we mark spoilers on this. Yeah. So, so to me, Jerry's the better hunter, too, because he finds them without knowing where they are. And Humperdinck knew everything that was going on. After all, he did hire Vicini and the bandits to kidnap the Princess Bride. <laughs> so he knew three quarters of where they were. You know, he just didn't know that they were going to, to fight the R.O.U.S.s and the Princess Bride. I think... Uh... I think Jerry is a far more focused character. I think Humperdinck is very blinded by his lust for Buttercup. And I think that is a big weakness for him. Whereas this one, it's just, you know, a superiority complex that any vampire of a certain age, I'm sure, has. You know, there's a cockiness. There's the ability to pretty much survive almost anything for a portion of the day. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have one major flaw but you know beyond that um let's talk about ed for a second i where does like he <laughs> yeah i i he bothered me less this time i enjoyed him it's almost it's almost like a weird jack nicholson uh but not Jack Nicholson, but what's his face from Heather's doing Jack Nicholson, but while taking helium or something. Um, Christian Slater from Heather. Yeah. You know how Christian Slater's always doing like a, almost like a poor man's Nicholson. It's almost like that, but then he's got his voice up here. 
you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, it, it's a weird vibe from Ed. Um, but what a, what a weird, like, that's a very eighties thing too. That sidekick. That's just like, Hey man, did you boink last night? You know, or stuff like that. It just, he's, it's an interesting well, character. All right. All right. I got, I got to say something. So the movie lost my interest quite a bit into it. Like I was, I was, it just kept dragging to me at the beginning. Right now, now, now follow me here. Ed's death scene brought me right back in. Nice, yeah. I didn't expect the effects. And I was like, okay, okay, this is... And then I started picking up, you know, really paying attention a little bit more from then on in. Um, yeah. Uh, and and um, I'm going to go ahead and say I had a contradictory to these two on their perspective of the relationship, I thought she was being a little bit too Mimi in the second scene uh, where they were getting something to eat or something. Yeah. In the restaurant. Cause, cause, yeah. Yeah. She could have picked up on, he's really upset about something, but she was Mimi me, me, me. And I, and I, and, but she came back to me when she started really picking up on, there's a problem here. Let's get him help. And they, and I... her and Ed teamed up to get the actor and, Things picked up from there on that end. She, she I, lost I think, the and then she she came back to me on that. I think the reason why she was so upset when they were in the burger joint is because she was talking to him, and then he started watching TV and got up and walked away. Yeah, right? okay. I think folks, that's what folks, upset her. Folks, when he says watching TV, he just realized that the woman he saw outside the house was dead. No, that's if hooker. he would have eloquated not... that, it would have been a different effect. I I think. The thing the three of us probably don't connect with as much is how much she had put herself out there that night and to get kind of rejected the way she did probably still stung yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I get uh, that. But, but I it was a little a little too much to do a a, a a sloppy Joe to the face. I don't think he deserved that. Yeah, I, I like the sloppy Joe to the face. Chili cheeseburger. I wasn't quite sure what that was. <laughs> I, all I know is if I would have been the guy she stole the burger from, not only would oh. Charlie have got hit with the sloppy Joe, he would have got hit with the fist after because Zach doesn't share food. Yeah. <laughs> Always blame the man, Zach does. That's right. Um, <laughs> but I also like, I also like that. Getting slapped in the face also had the best line from Ed in the movie. Or one of my favorite lines. Not the best line, but it's a it's a great line. You're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> 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 I just he's like he's an annoying cat but like this time it wasn't as grating yeah. but just what a he just i don't understand i want to know more about his backstory is it true i've never watched fright night 2 is it an evil ed vehicle does he come back for that i don't believe uh, I so no died. in fright night 2 it's it's jerry's sister is the main okay. villain in it Okay. Uh, I she's going I... after Charlie when he's in college, and he has has a bunch of therapy and convinces himself that Jerry wasn't really a vampire. That you know he basically killed somebody. Gotcha. He didn't we, know. We don't a... need it. We uh, didn't that's... say spoilers for that one. So. But that no, that's is, okay. We'll save you from watching it. It's terrible. for a plot of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would never. If I'd gone through all that, I would never be able to convince myself it wasn't real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So now I, I'm I'm more Here's interested to see the sequel, where I've never really thought about it. Uh, Peter Vincent as a character, big fan. Like that was that's that's a great role. 
for him. Uh, how, what did you think of the character overall? Yeah. Um, well, I, so I read that they originally wanted uh, Vincent Price sure. for that role, and now I just can't watch it without picturing Vincent Price doing it. But I thought Roddy the problem McDowell I think great. with Vincent Price is he would be too. I mean, he'd be fantastic. Like, let's. I, there's there's an alternate universe right now where someone got to watch Vincent Price and Fright Night and it rules. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. But it would be harder to not think of him as a natural for that role. And Roddy McDowell, at least, it doesn't have as much established in that space. Uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, um, you know, I've always <laughs> vocally, I, I just absolutely love his, uh, Mad Hatter. Um, yeah. and I also love the old Planet of the Apes movies and stuff. So, you know, yep. he's great, but I just, I, I thought he nailed it. And even with Vincent Price having been mentioned for it, I think, I, I think Vincent would be almost too competent a choice, but would I've watched the hell out of it? Of course. Would it yeah. be even more loved? Of course. So we'll see if you had Vincent Price in there, though. It would have been hard to establish like who's the I mean, because then I think you would have to rewrite it and put Peter Vincent as more of the main character because you're gonna have someone with with that much star power or magnitude. That's gonna sure. demand more of a, a more of the lead. And you wouldn't have got a, as great, I don't think, if uh, Charlie and Jerry. I like how he came through. Yeah, well, I really I like how he like got himself together. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I, you know, this time I really, you know, I, and I know I've liked it before, but this time I really appreciated the, when he scoffs at him again, I told you that doesn't work if you don't have faith. And he's like, oh baby, I've got my faith. You know, like to come through and to really rise to the occasion. I love that. Like it's, yeah. it's just such a cool arc for that character. He reminds me. There's a uh, there's a, a failed plot pilot from one of those Conan O'Brien had pilot things called Look Well, and it's Adam West playing an actor, an out of work actor who used to be a detective on a TV show, and he starts starts trying to do like actual detective work. He just kind of stumbles onto some mysteries, and he uses like his actor detective power. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny and like the way he like kind of gets back into it. He's like, no, what if the paperwork was here? He's remembering just dialogue from episodes and they're looking at him like, what? Like, I like the way this guy's like, okay, I remember how this feels. We can do this. And he really starts to get into it. I like the way he builds into being an actual, you know, Van Helsing. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah. It's, real it's a great so, character. To contrast and compare his, his, his ability to go from, I play a vampire slayer on TV to I'm an actual vampire slayer. And the crew of uh, Galaxy Quest mm. as a group of actors yeah. going yeah. into this scenario, they kind of, they, they, they do rise to the occasion in Galaxy Quest, but not as well as this guy. They He doesn't, he almost just throws the actor bit away to me and yeah. becomes a vampire slayer rather than I'm an actor who screwed up and now I've got to help these people that I've doomed. <laughs> it's almost yeah. a Neo moment. It's almost the matrix, you know, yeah. he gets his faith. 
he is the one, you know, like yeah, he's, this right. is what he's been here to do. I, I, I like the galaxy quest equivalent. I, I think that's a good call. So whenever you got, okay, so we, when Jerry first meets Charlie and then he basically threatens him that he'll come over anytime he wants now that he's invited into the house that night, whenever Jerry comes did did y'all have any, like, did y'all like that? that sequence of scenes. Cause I thought it was hilarious. Like you better not make a sound or else you'll wake up your mother and then I'll have to kill her too. And now I'm going to throw you through the closet. Well, oh, yeah. he, he already knew that she was going to wake up. He well, I don't think he did. He wanted to put him into does... a box. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. He did because he broke the door. He broke her door before he yeah. did anything. Well, he yeah, I know. I was going he to did break her door before he did anything, but after he starts attacking Charlie, when she wakes up, he panics. And when she's trying to get out of her room, and he leaves. So, which, by the way, this is the first time I've ever seen a vampire movie when a pencil to the hand really does some damage to a vampire. Well, it's I, probably, by the I way, allergic reaction. Yeah, I thought it was and, interesting to go with the full body allergic reaction to the wood. I thought that was mm -hmm. uh, cool. I, I thought that was cool. cool I also liked that... Uh, how far Charlie jammed that pencil through his hand on the next scene. If Charlie actually stuck it that far through his hand, I mean, Jerry wouldn't have had to kill him. He would have killed himself because that would have gone straight through his neck. <laughs> but again, it's not the neck that's important. <laughs> no, it would have gone through Charlie's neck. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the pencil was halfway through his hand when he cuts to the next scene. So, and there's a bunch of little like, quirks or goofs in this movie that if you pay attention you get to pick up on them like when jerry first enters the house that night it's supposed to be in his mom's room but it actually is a a mess up and they filmed him coming through charlie's room and then ends up in the mom's room within the very next like the very next cut because you can see charlie's uh, posters on the wall behind him and there's a few mix-ups like that that are pretty funny i just... rarely catch that stuff i'm just never well, in that mode i think I've seen this a lot, so yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> but that that just all kind of floats over me. Mm -hmm. um, the what one of the scenes I liked that we don't get a lot. I like when stuff goes to hell at the dance club. Um, oh, I love the dance club scene because well, I mean, first, yeah, the the approach of it and the build of it's awesome. Yeah, but and the temptation of marcy darcy but i really like full-on vampire power on display in public like that's when you know this kid's getting under his skin you know and for him to kind of throw a couple bouncers you know go a little more ghouly and stuff like that um i i thought that was really cool because he's breaking out of his normal camouflage of being a handsome day-to-day -day, not a vampire person man you know yep. so you say that and there's a couple things about the dance club scene i'd like to point out so when jerry lures uh amy away from charlie when he's on the phone her and they go to the dance floor her hair is mysteriously and just magically made up from like it was kind of a little mess whenever they're running and then now it's just like made up flawless when they go on the dance floor i like that it just cracks me up every time i see it. it's like well, this is consistency guys but it, it's just fun to me the other thing is when charlie throws the punch at him jerry didn't need to like catch his hand because charlie was missing that punch <laughs> he missed him badly when jerry caught his hand jerry wanted to catch his hand though he did he wanted him to feel the strength yeah he, yeah he wanted to put him in his place and but it just cracked me up like when you see it and it, you're just like dude that punch missed him by like missed his head by like two feet 
Why did he catch it? Uh, it was it was definitely the this is where you kneel type moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian, anything else to kind of call out in the movie? Well, I, I know I mentioned it before, but I had once once Evo yeah, became a vampire. You could tell fledgling vampire syndrome real hard. Mm-hmm. And I just loved all the... For some reason, him and I... I'm not good on the names because this is pretty much a first watch for me. Him and the newly minted vampire hunters interactions were, I just, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the, and in the apartment when, out, he first beca- yeah. when he first turns? Well, yeah, that's great stuff. Well, I just, the cross where he puts the cross on him and he's just, yeah. I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And then, and then when he's dying, I was like, look at the wolf form on the ground and the way it was moving. I was like, you could really feel it. I, you know, it's all fake, mm-hmm. but it fe- I was like, that feels like he is in real pain. He's just like, what's going on? It's With probably the, uh... the greatest pain he's ever felt in his own life and life. And then the death scene subsequent is just like, extend, he reaches out. It's like, wow, this is okay. I'm back in the movie. You mentioned yeah, the yeah. thing about the effects, and it is interesting, like the first at least half of the movie, maybe even two thirds, you're getting away with a set of fake teeth, you know, and then they really get into some close to vampire in in London type, you know, really good. Yeah. Creature effect stuff. It it is a nice, like all of a sudden you're brought to a different movie. It surprised me because fake teeth situation at the beginning, like when he first got stabbed by the pencil, he, he loses his, uh, beautiful visit you know yeah. that kind of thing and he really shows his inner self and it mm-hmm. and i was like okay this is kind of cheesy to me and then then we get to that scene and it, it's pretty much killer effects from then on mm-hmm. just like okay then the other issue another issue i have with this movie and i, it, I really enjoy the movie it's it's i just am curious every time i watch it how is evil ed's transformation from you know human to vampire instant but amy's transformation takes is over hours and i don't get that if evil ed's turning so quick why amy's takes Um, so long fortunately i can't i can't say much on this because that was part of the movie i was kind of zoning out on i (laughs) i think it's more than likely going to be some form of interaction between vampirism and like like hair products You've got to think maybe there's some chemical interaction that might slow it down. But no, yeah, the, the to... initial, <laughs> the rules on bite to vampire in this movie are, are a little quick. I remember watching like the first Alien versus Predator. And you think about the gestation period in the Alien movies, like how long it takes when you get an embryo. And, and all of a sudden in Alien versus Predator, it's like, eh, it's like 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> like, instead of a meal, a sleep, you know, whatever. There's there's some things that definitely get fast-forwarded here. Like the 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 familiar. Like that dude was not a vampire at the beginning of the movie. When did he get turned? You know, he, so. I think he, I don't think he was a vampire. I think he was a, a ghoul the whole time. So he was a lot, like he could walk around. He, I mean, I, I agree with you, Zach. I believe he was not a vampire for a good portion of the movie. I think out of preparation, because Jerry was taking this seriously, he's like, I need some backup. Well, that's I what I'm saying. He point. got turned at the end, right? Well, he got turned at one point. 
Yeah, I, see, I don't, I don't think he it. ever got turned. I think he was a ghoul the whole time. I don't. I think that's what he was. He was a monster that Jerry had already created somewhere in the past, but he could still walk through daylight. Like he wasn't a uh, full-fledged okay. vampire. I, I can, I can throw out some ghoul stuff on you. Um, from a nerd perspective of role-playing games, right? Sure. Ghouls tend to be people who are fed vampire blood and gain some vampiric strength out of that, and I believe some extended lifespan is part of that and like i said the strength but that's usually uh, done in preparation for actual turning into a vampire at some point uh I, not every I, time I, well, see, would and ghoul... i think that <clears throat> i think that if billy kept would have they'd have made through i think eventually billy would have became a full-fledged vampire i just think that he's he's the guardian he's the ghoul he's kind of yes. like a the dog what? in Lost Boys. He's the, day, he's the day walker, basically. So, well, so yeah. what's the point of becoming a vampire? Because the ghoul, he was able to eat bullets to the head. He was mm-hmm. able to have super strength. He was able to chill in the day. I don't think he was a ghoul. I think he was turned at the end for backup. Yes. I'm on Team Brian here. Yeah, yeah. I think, I th- I think, I think he was some switched point, so they could fake out. Yeah, at some point uh, after the... I don't know if he was out in the day after the cops arrived. Um, in the movie, once again, like I zoned out, so I can't, I can't confirm this, but I believe he was turned preemptively for final battle time for full strength vampire. Maybe I want to know if it's a ghoul that finally breaks our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think it was getting that heated. (laughs) No, no, I see. And and another reason why I think he was still a ghoul is because after he dies, and his skull's there. There's not the elongated teeth or anything. It's just a. It's just he like bled a. Bled green goo. Yeah, I know he bled green goo. That's what I'm saying. Like he wasn't a full fledged vampire yet. Okay. Because he just... didn't have like he wouldn't have the ins- you know the insider when because when Jerry dies with the sun you know he explodes but he, he just kind of face, melts right? right. And then I like yeah, the sand I... that came out. Huh? <laughs> Whenever Billy Cole's dying. And the sand, like after the green goo runs, and there's like sand running out of his sleeves, which is just like his skin or whatever. I thought that was really cool. I'm uh, this excites me a little bit because it's something to watch next time. Because I I just thought it was a a surprise like secret weapon turn, you know, of his. I was thinking of him as a familiar the whole time, not as a ghoul. And then I figured yeah. he was switched as a as a catch him off guard type of thing. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious the other thoughts on that. And for well, the folks at home, I mean, the ghoul character guy, he uh, he's also in House Two. It's where I recognized him immediately yep. from. I was like, that's the guy from House Two. And he looks so much younger in House Two than he does in this. And even yeah, in House Two is like a couple years later. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And uh, the name Billy Cole. Whenever I hear the name Billy Cole, I just instantly think, oh, man, he's about to run down and be a running back for the L.A. Stallions to go shoot some defenders. Doesn't happen in this one. That's oh, in, uh, was he, the last, uh, Boy, last Scout. Boy Scout, the football yeah, player. Yeah, that's awesome. that's the name of the football player is Billy Cole. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. I think. I mean, anything else to call out from the general scenes? Anything like that? Mm. I kind of like know. the uh, bat form. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was interesting. The monstrous bat form. I I love the power uh, of sunlight in in there uh, at the end. Mm-hmm. Just blowing him back into the the back wall like all the all the effects stuff down the back stretch i mean they definitely saved the budget for it and they used oh, it yeah. all yeah uh, like yeah and uh the girlfriend's transformation look like the whole mouth yeah 
I was like, oh man. I, I did, I I did like down. that. It's when, it, whenever the uh, newly turned in Amy and in Ed, when they start, when they first reveal their fangs, they don't ever take them back. You notice that? Like when Jerry reveals his, oh, he yeah. can pull them back and he goes back yeah. to normal. But they don't have like the, uh, I guess they're not equipped yet, or they're not knowledgeable enough how to return to pure human form. Vampires like they just look... always aged base, always. Mm-hmm. So, but they once they both both of them once they bust out their fangs, their their fangs just get bigger and bigger. Like yeah, it, like every time you see them, it cuts back to them. There, there's something else changed, and I think that's really spectacular. It was done. when her mouth was revealed was when I not I I noted down Al Bundy was right. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> Who else knew that Jerry was going to uh, go for Amy? Whenever, as soon as he finds, as soon as Charlie finds the picture, when he brings the cops to his house, he's Amy on the there painting. Amy, yeah. Arthur, there's ah. a painting of uh, what appears to be Amy. Yeah, in, in the house when they were when he, around. When he brings the cop, you know, and he the cop ends up uh, getting pissed off. And, by the way, that's actually a great scene between it's Billy Cole and the police officer and uh, Charlie. And yeah, Charlie, what's in the basement? It's his coffin. He's a vampire. <laughs> and then Billy Cole's like, oh, <laughs> and they start laughing. The cop starts laughing and gets pissed off and takes him out. I, it takes Charlie out of the house. I'll arrest you and throw away the key or whatever. That's right. Folks. I think that seems great. Charlie's killed by the cops. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> takes him out. And then when that cop left, he had to go uh, help free an airport with uh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> uh... All right. Let's. Uh... Brian, I know you said you kind of half watched this. Were you able to pick out a, sweet a delicious, treat. scrumptious sweet treat? <laughs> I'm afraid not. We kind of <laughs> got we kind of got screwed. The sweet treat, folks. This today is uh, you can no longer watch Fright Night for <laughs> Amazon Prime as of the first of December. <laughs> Turns out. Uh, I was, I was like, but I just watched it. Well, I search it. I search it, and I was like, why, why is it asking me to buy or rent this? What, what's, what, what? Oh. To God. be fair, the episode posted last week, Friday night at nine central, so they had three evenings to get a, <laughs> to watch it for free. But here's the sweeter treat. <laughs> All right. If you had the DVD set for horror movies unleashed with Christine. Seventh Sign, <laughs> The Blob, and Fright Night, you could have just popped it into your Xbox today like I did and enjoyed it at any time. Yeah. Again, it is the gift that keeps on giving the four horror movies unleashed four-pack DVD set, uh, which I don't know if it's still a in-print DVD. Well, we can check the price on that. But just don't trust the streaming services. Trust the four horror movie. Yeah, folks, streaming's all well and good, but physical media is always going to be something you're going to need. So if you really want to yeah, stream this horror. movie, and since you can't watch it for free for an Amazon Prime member, you can actually buy it on Amazon Prime for four ninety nine. <laughs> That's right, five folks. bucks. Oh, was or for nine ninety nine, you can get the four horror, <laughs> four movie horror unleashed collection. It's still available. There's still copies today. Uh, at some point, it will go out of print. I mean, it's probably out of print. At some point, they'll lose print, copies in the every, warehouse. Yeah, not everybody <laughs> picked them up at Walmart like you <laughs> for 10 bucks. Uh, actually, I purchased this item on July 15th, 2014. Saw it coming. Yeah. I, <laughs> I also bought a four-pack with 
Cabin Fever 1 and 2, Descent 1 and 2, and the horror collection that had Waxwork, 976 Evil 2, Ghoulies 3, The Unholy, Chud 2, Chopping Mall, Slaughter High, and Class of 99, and then this. So I was on a horror value DVD set spree. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Sounds so like it. The combined cost of those movies was about $24. <laughs> Cha-ching. Chud-ching. So, so guys, there's one more thing I want to mention about this. So when Don't Call Me Evil Ed and Amy are meeting with uh, uh, Vincent, Peter Vincent, and uh, they're talking about if Charlie's right and the vampire can go through the whole town and Ed looks out it's like, well, not like we'd be missing much or something like that. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> just the first interaction. And I also love how... Uh, uh, Peter Vincent is bought with a $500 savings bond to go do this. Hey man, in like seven years, that's going to be an, he's investing in, in himself. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. The only problem is 10 years later is when it's going to be fully matured for the 500 bucks. So he's just got to <laughs> hold on to that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk movie pairings. So if you were going to show somebody, uh, Fright Night, maybe it's their first time, maybe it's, you know, coming back to it, and you want to do a two-movie night, uh, what are you showing before or after Fright Night, and why? Zach. If I'm showing Fright Night, then I'm going to go with <laughs> another great movie that Tom uh, Holland wrote in Child's Play. That's mm. going to be my sequel. Mm. Just did, because Tom Holland wrote some really good stuff, he wrote... Did Holland things. write that? I thought that was Mancini's. Nope. Holland is credited for writing Child's Play. Yeah, the 2019 one? No, the 1988 one. What was Mancini's work on that? Because I thought he's been involved since... Which I believe you can watch on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Man John Mancini's <laughs> the story and the screenplay as well. Yeah, so Mancini and Tom Holland were involved in the screenplay. Tom Holland oh. also directed it. Yeah. So... So I mean, great horror. But that's good call. You can credit Mancini, but I, I'd still go, okay, fine. No, it's, so I don't. The I don't next think Tom Holland directed movie, Child's Play. That's still what I'm going with. Yeah, no, I just. I, Mancini's always the first name I think of with the series because he's been with it since. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's on me. Uh, that's a good call. That's a great night. I, one of the things that gets lost, just to touch on Child's Play for a second, um, that I wish more movies did these days is if you watch the trailer, you don't know what's going to be up with that doll. You think this kid's doing some stuff because the dolls may be talking to him or something. Like, they did a good job setting up a movie where if you went to watch it and you didn't know what was happening, it was not, you know, like, it was not telegraphed from the trailer. Whereas a trailer now would be like, hi, I'm oh. Chucky, I'm stabbing you. You know, like, yeah. or something. Like, there's no so, surprises. And, and so, another point on uh, Child's Play is uh, the detective in the movie is also Jerry. Yep. Hey. yep, yep. Good call. So if we're going to mention Jerry, another thing Jerry's been in is Jerry was actually in the remake of Fright Night as well. He didn't play the vampire, but he was in it. I he came watch in. I thought I, yeah. I think I enjoyed it. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, okay. what's your uh, double feature? My pairing is first you start with Fright Night. You know, I'll give uh, Fright Night its due first. And then the uh, second is going to be uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Ooh. <laughs> Two horror movie show hosts. Yeah. Getting into it. Fighting. Hey, there you go. How is that movie? 
You've never seen Elvira? I haven't. Well, I've seen that, minutes of it. I got to tell you, it's a sweet treat. Wink, wink. Because mm. Elvira, you know. Yeah. That's my sweet treat for the. But it's, it's a good time, yeah. Don't shake your head at me, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so, Arthur, nice. what are you pairing with it? Uh, I would have to. I mean, it's probably a little on the on the the comedy vampire nose, uh, but I'm such a big fan of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yeah, I would absolutely because yes. like Evil Ed and David Arquette's character in that and Benny, um, uh, Benny are very much like cut from the same cloth. Um, I I absolutely love that movie, uh, and some, one of these times we'll we'll definitely get into that one. Uh, some of Joss I, Whedon's best work. Yeah, um, did, he just wrote it, right? He didn't direct that. I'm no. not for sure. I know that he, I do know he wrote it. I know he created Buffy. Yeah, uh, I think it's. I'm gonna say this. It's probably better that it was. Yeah, it was in somebody else's hands because it wasn't full Whedon yet. It wasn't as wink wink Whedony as Whedon got. So mm-hmm. I I love that movie. Um, and it just. Rutger Hauer is a great vampire in it. Uh, you know, you got, of course, Paul Rubens with one of the best vampire death scenes of all ever. <laughs> but yeah, but just like Evil Ed, because I was having trouble. I was kind of thinking about a couple different things, ways to go with it. But the Evil Ed and the David Arquette Benny connection, I think, is too strong. It's just fun. Uh, and I think if you're going to have fun with vampires for an evening, might as well do it both times. So. What I'm amazed about with Buffy the Vampire Slayer is Whedon was not even 30 yet when that movie came out. So he might have been mid-25, 26 when he wrote it. That's very impressive to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, so going back to Child's Play, guys, since we, we talked about that and you mentioned that, like how the old one and the new one. So have you seen the new Child's Play? Yes, recently. Which do you prefer? (laughs) (laughs) It should have been a different movie altogether. Yeah. Uh, It could have been its own thing. I think Mm -hmm. Arthur, did you know, someone else I was talking to about this actually, but um, yeah, um, I would have preferred it to not be spoilers on new child's play folks or Gerg Gerg. It's an AI that goes like the safeties are removed and it goes a little late on uh, everybody who's hurting oh, Andy, you know, Oh, I'm friends to the end with Andy. I think it would have been better if the doll had been hacked by a serial killer. Yeah. It's, it's okay. the Simpsons parody. It's the, Oh, look, this doll was on evil. Um, yeah, yeah that's just, exactly what Simpsons I felt about did too. So, I mean, we'll get into it. We'll watch child's play one of these times. That's, that's, one of the all-time greats and we'll we'll talk about the comparison a bit more but i don't know zach what do you think just on a uh, surface level? i like okay yeah it was a, it was a stupid question the only reason i watched the new one is because i got so excited when i saw who's doing the voice of chucky that yeah. i had to jump into yeah. it and you know I'm a, I'm a big mark hamill guy so yeah don't quit the jedi master son <laughs> just uh yeah prefer prefer the original obviously yeah See, the original's better the flag the episode um, flag it. Just, just cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much work. No, uh, we'll we'll definitely do Child's Play down the road. It's it's a classic, and we can do the comparison on the on the thing. Um, it just it it was a very flat movie to me. You know, it just mm-hmm. it needed to be a different thing. If you were to go more chopping mall with it, it would have been a blast probably. 
but whatever. Uh, rankings. So Lost Remote Podcast rankings. We keep a running tally of the greatest movie of all time based on number of votes in the top three. Currently, we have, what, a tie between Poltergeist and Return to Oz? <laughs> settled yep. Yes, sir. Four blocks. So, okay, so before we started recording, Arthur was uh, regretting his decision to list Return to yeah. Oz as his number one and blamed us for peer pressure. <laughs> it was peer pressure. I, Everybody was yelling, no I forgot the rules. Judge for yourselves, folks, okay? <laughs> I'm going to rectify this a bit. Um, I'm throwing Fright Night 1, so that pu pushes Return to Oz to 2. And... <laughs> Did I say those blob. words right? I was okay. typing at the same time. Uh, and blob, and blob to three, to three for me, because man, I tell you what, Fright Night has aged well for me. Because the first time mm -hmm. I watched it, I was kind of like, I was like Brian. I wasn't really engaged in it until later. And mm -hmm. then the second time, I'm like, all right, I think this is probably my third time through on Fright Night, um, because I didn't see it as a kid or whatever i always like the poster it's one of those posters that, that i think sticks with you yeah i think this one just has so much going on in the in the performances and in the way it builds and the character arcs in marcy darcy um i just i dig it so out of the out of if we were to say what do you want to watch tonight this or return to oz i'm all for fright night especially i love a movie that has a scene that you know is going to be on the trailer like when they get to his house at the, you know, towards the end, and he's like, welcome to Fright Night, you know, and the, the vampire's clearly yeah. a fan. I like when he points out, yeah, your movies are funny. You know, he's like, this they isn't how me. real vampire killing goes. Like, he's just such a good cut up. Like, this movie's a, a blast. So for now, Fright Night's my greatest movie of all time. Brian, I know you're a little lower on it. What do you got? You're well, right now, um, your top three, Poltergeist, Return to Oz, and Blob. Is it better than any of those? No, I'm afraid not. I'm putting this in front of House. So it's not okay, so it's it's mid-tier for me. It's mid-tier. Okay. So you get Poltergeist, Return to Oz, Blob, Fright Night, etc. Yep. Zach, your top okay. three to remind people, Evil Dead, Poltergeist, Blob. Does it crack the top three? It does this is going to come in at number two for me go. it's i don't like it as much as evil dead but i like it more than poltergeist and this is just fun uh my brother forced me to watch this for the first time when i was like seven so <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's always and i that's when i kind of you know began my love affair with horror movies and so it's just it stays there i watch it a lot so poltergeist has a first and a third but Fright Night has a first and a second. We have an undisputed number one again. We have our first number one in Fright Night. <laughs> this ranking system is so flawed. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we base everything off the BCS. We don't do the I college would, football playoff. <laughs> what's the no, call? Obviously, what's... I would not call this number one movie. <laughs> the, well, well, you were outvoted by the other two people. It's a consensus podcast. pick. <laughs> I mean, we can go through it again real quick. Poltergeist Return to Oz. Blog. 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 Evil Dead. Fright Night Poltergeist. Uh, Fright Night Return to Oz. Blob. Yeah. Consensus number one. Strengthened. What's the, uh, what's the thing where it's like recency bias? There's a little bit of recency bias that falls into this, but, you know, whatever. 
we'll, we'll talk about it in four more weeks and see where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we, we've had a pretty good conversation. If nothing else, this movie's fun to talk about. I, I think it's, I think it's mm-hmm. a good time. Um, I believe it's my turn to pick the next movie. And as we yeah. enter December, I'm going to take a page out of Brian's book and go slightly off path from the, like we talked about lost remote older movies, mostly horror, but sometimes other things. Uh, I have to go with my, one of the things in my Christmas rotation, uh, the dark Christmas classic. We're going Batman returns next week. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I, you said, there's you said in your Christmas rotation, I expected jingle all the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh man, no, watch I mean, movie jingle all the way. That's a horror if we movie. Get to uh, <laughs> you know, if we get to Silent Night, Deadly Night, stuff like that, that's going to be great. I you know, I thought about Gremlins for mine, but if somebody else wants to throw it out there, um, but Batman Returns, there's so much dark mm-hmm. horror elements to it. Um, I just it's a Burton movie. It's a treat. Yeah, but not just a we'll talk we'll talk about it. But the yeah, depths yeah, yeah. that DeVito goes and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's it's I'm, better I'm than horror than most you're, you're you're not alone here. I, I that's yeah. one of my favorite Batman movies. Just yeah. the um the score. But we'll we'll, 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 yeah, we'll talk yeah, about it. Exactly. I want to talk about it now. Like I yeah. uh, I will watch it again. I don't have to. Um but I don't have to either. Yeah. <laughs> Any any other uh, good call-outs? Anything you guys have seen lately? Uh, Joe Bob Briggs will be doing a, a special uh, week from Friday on Shudder. Uh, it's always a mystery what will be shown, but December 11th, that's something I'll be tuning into. I'm excited about. Uh, anything else you guys have checked out that you would shout yes. out there? Well, actually, uh, due to uh, me looking at the cast of this movie and seeing what else they may have been in um marcy darcy <laughs> um she's been in a 2020 movie that was released in 2020 and uh, i really want to see it i don't know where i can see it i'm gonna have to pick it up but it's um uh, sky shooters <laughs> say it one more time i laughed over it but i'm looking at the imdb page at the same time sky sharks uh, would you like to tell us what the movie is about <laughs> The movie appears, because I did watch the trailer uh, prior to the uh, podcast, it appears that uh, zombie Nazis have engineered flying robotic sharks, and uh, they're doing their thing. So it's a nice kind of grindhouse-y, funny-looking... At at a glance, here's something I really appreciate, the fact that the movie is listed as 2020, and the poster's in there, and it says... It says 2017. Fall, yeah. 2017. <laughs> Sky Sharks. The sea is not enough. Uh, yeah, that looks... Pr- uh, for the folks in Germany, if you're wondering, uh, the Nazi zombies on Sky Sharks will enter your area uh, the 28th of January, 2021. <laughs> uh, yeah, this looks like a good time, for sure. <laughs> uh, Arthur forgot to mention, guys, if you want to check out Batman Returns and stream it, oh, just yeah. so you'll be caught up to us, it is on HBO Max currently. I do not know when it'll come off because it may come <laughs> off by the time we record. <laughs> next week (laughs) discussing it so jump out and check it out as soon as possible uh guys you know the only thing i've been watching is uh lately is uh recently uh discovered disney plus with uh you know return to oz and i've been watching the man uh, mandalorian man huh 
The DeLorean. The Mandalorian. <laughs> I've been watching The Mandolin. You watched a man get in the car from Back to the Future? But yep. Yes. I've been watching The Mandalorian, and I, it is spectacular. Yeah. I hope someday. I, I have not gotten caught up on this season yet, but uh, I enjoyed the first season. If you want to talk scores, I'm a big fan of the, the music in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And all I think is John Favreau has made Disney an ungodly sum of money. Yep. Um, quick call out on that. If you were going to get HBO Max, if you somehow didn't own uh, Batman Returns yet, is that uh, at Christmas Day, Wonder Woman 1984 will be debuting there. And they just announced it'll be their first thing they're showing. I mean, maybe they'll turn on some settings on other stuff, but it'll be in 4K Dolby Vision. And that yep. was one of the problems with HBO Max is they didn't have any 4K content yet. So. It's a nice bump up to their service. So one month will get you a lot of stuff. So, And there is the other rumor that if you are into the Godzilla and King Kong movies, mm-hmm. that Godzilla versus Kong is supposed to be going to HBO Max to stream at the same time of release. Don't know for sure. It's just the rumor that I read this week. They're weighing. They What I've been seeing is they want to be the ones to host it since it's their property. But Netflix may give them $200 million. And so that's going to be a big quandary for them is, you know, right now you're definitely in the should we, you know, make some money or should we drive new uh, subs to our service? So I think I'd give it for 200 million and then a percentage of streams. That'd probably be me. But so, by the way, and while we mentioned Wonder Woman 1984, how about AMC backing off hardcore on uh, being upset with Universal for doing streaming, but cool with HBO and Warner Brothers doing in Viacom? I I don't know what the behind the scenes on the different contracts for the releases are, but yeah, it's it. Obviously, theaters are in a really rough position. I'm a I'm a big theater guy, and yeah, me too. I'm just in a no unnecessary trips to things right now. So it's it's a rock and a hard place. But I think studio to studio, the contracts may differ. So I don't know if they had a different leg to stand on. But it was very early to make the stance they did for, what was it, Trolls World Tour? Was it yep. got them all in a mix? I'm yeah, pretty sure it was. Yeah. They're all in well, I think th- I, I think they realize that with what's going on in the world, with most of the theaters being closed, that you're pretty much going to have to take what a studio is willing to give you. And you're going to have to be willing to let some stuff go to streaming first, because that's the new world we live in. The difference here may be that they're also opening Wonder Woman concurrently in theaters. Whereas I don't think Trolls World Tour or whatever it was, did that option at the time because it was such a different the, landscape and what was but in they, March or April. They couldn't at the time because theaters were all shut down. Right. But I'm just so saying I there might the be theaters some... would have been open that there would have been a dual release. Yeah, there might be some details in there that we don't know, but but there is a difference. It, it's it's still just terrible to be a theater chain right now, uh, but they are also able to show the movie. So, you know, who knows what that means for them? Uh, but said that my favorite theater might be gone. Yeah, which one's that? The uh, Regal Warren and more. Because Regal Cinema that... had a big shutdown. Yeah, the the Warren Warren getting purchased was a bad time for theater lovers. Yeah, (laughs) I love the I love the the Warren man. I I, it's 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 survived the tornado. 
It did, okay, yeah. So for hypothetically any listeners outside of our region, it's uh, not really. there was a theater chain, and I say chain light, like like a small chain between a couple theaters in Kansas, and then one came here. And what was the dude's name? Like Bill Warren or something like that. Or it was, you know, Mm -hmm. his signature. He had a couple of these theaters and he just, he loved cinema. He loved the cinema experience. So everything was, there was a touch of old Hollywood mixed in it. The marquee had to be like the letters you stick on, you know, the popcorn had butter. They made sure to like, they had a signature screen with a big, you know, a big red curtain. They would pull back everything was thought through top to bottom. And because also the theater was in tornado country, they made sure that it was built to extreme specifications to survive a tornado. And one of the most powerful ones ever went right through it and it was fine. And the hospital, like in the same parking lot, basically got erased. So it just, not only was it the best theater in the state, it was also the safest place to be, even mm-hmm. in the most dangerous area. And it's just, it got purchased. The Warren got sold to Regal Cinema, and Regal kept some of the touches, but it just, it was never the same. And it would be a shame no. if it, I, I almost hope he swoops back in and purchases it back or something. Hopefully someone picks that up and brings it back up when there's a chance to. I, You know, maybe... Maybe this is what it takes for Alamo Drafthouse to come to Oklahoma now that the laws are okay for it. Maybe next year they pick its bones or something. I don't know. It's it's such a rough time to love. Yeah, some. it's like you mentioned the old school of the Warren. And what one of the things I really enjoyed about it when you go to is they actually like tear they tore your ticket and you know and you have the ticket yeah. stub and I thought that was cool rather than just the. I mean, it was a printout that they took half of it, but I thought it was really cool that. They had the actual people watching the, uh, you know, that you had actually give your ticket to. They had the ticket takers and stuff, and I thought that was fun. Brian, I just, I just enjoy guy. the theaters. Yeah, yeah, I watched some some flicks there. It was nice. Do you have any? Uh, <laughs> do you have any of the cocktails? Any of them stand out to you or anything? No, I did have a steak dinner. Oh wow! I always liked their chicken quesadilla. I watched. Uh, I watched. Um, I believe I watched uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. In the really high-priced theater, yeah, with some dinner and some dessert. Oh, you went, you balconied it, mm-hmm. over twenty-one and only, yeah. Yep. So the the they have a drink there called the dark side, and mm-hmm. there is a limit of two of them. <laughs> and when you drink them, you realize why there's a limit of two. So I was and about that, to share my dark side story, but keep going. Oh, they also had another drink that uh, we set up in the director suite, which is kind of a cool thing. It's like a mini. Uh, mini theater with recliners and you know you can push a little button to get people to come you know the ushers to come take your order for things and we uh, me and a friend of mine watched uh, amazing spider-man 2 there and had drinks called the green goblin there you go yeah they they, were fantastic they had some nice signature stuff i went and so it's been open at least about 11 years now and it was our first one where you could do drinks there and um, have some table service and things like that and i went to go see watchmen there and Watchmen, the regular cut is what two and a half hours, maybe two fifteen. The dark side, not only was it limit two, it was also thirty two ounces. Mm-hmm. But at the time, the limit did not exist, 
or because we ordered one at the bar and then two at our thing, we never ran into it. I don't know which was true. I think they added the limit later. I had three of them. And the end of the movie, I was very much on uh, bathroom alert. You know, oh. like I was just like, all right, <laughs> come on, Manhattan, blow up Manhattan. Let's go. You know, like I'm like, yeah. all right, here we go. You know, and then I had to sprint out of there. It was very much a test of wills, uh, but the drink was delicious. Uh, it just. Uh, <laughs> I had a similar Too experience much. watching uh, Chapter 2. No, actually, it was uh, the Chapter 1, Part 1 of the new It movies. Mm. I uh, <laughs> really... I've never had to hold it long enough to where I could feel it in my kidneys. <laughs> and then I was like, I've got to hurry before there's real permanent damage here. Ryan's gonna die, Alice's. <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to feel it, and I was like, "Okay, come on, kids, come on, come on, get this, get this effing clown into the sewers already." Yeah, please. <laughs> so very much a completionist. I don't like to leave once the movie started. Yes. Yeah, luckily with like, I know you said it was the first it, like it chapter two, I did at the drive-in. So, I mean, I still had the audio when I went to use the restroom because that movie's eight hours long. <laughs> Just pace yourselves, folks. That's, that's, not, it's, <laughs> that's, that, a, that's, that's the mini PSA. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> so, uh, chapter two, that did not occur. I looked at my drink and every time I thought, nope. <laughs> not today, Satan. So, so Brian, you say that, and the only other time, the only time I've really had that problem is going to watch Return of the King when it first <laughs> came out, and I didn't know that movie is so long and th that the theater I was went to watch it has an intermission, nice. and I got up Good. to go to the bathroom because I couldn't hold it after the first like eighteen hours of watching it, and yeah. so I went to the bathroom, and then and everybody came out because it was intermission. We uh -huh. Hateful Eight, we got an intermission with that, which was nice because we did the. Uh, 70 millimeter screening but you don't see those enough but like yeah return of the king end game those are all like oh what's am i am i seeing that all right well no liquid five hours before <laughs> you know like it's like dehydrated like you're going to like fight in a fight or something mm -hmm. uh, you know there's just that's, no water that day <laughs> that's honestly one of the reasons I am kind of happy about the streaming at home services now for movies and theaters is that when you do check one out, you can just pause it and go to the bathroom and not miss anything. I will miss getting to see it on the big screens and, you know, with the, the great surround sound and I'm, I'm an empty theater guy. Like I like to go in the middle of the day when no one's there. <laughs> I don't for me, like to watch on the movie. But yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm going to throw in a theater experience. It was perfect. I thought it, it was perfect. It was very recent. Um, not, this year covid recent but just before <laughs> it was for my birthday actually i went to uh uh hometown our hometown with the family had my birthday there had some chinese food and all that junk and uh had they some asked me, went to they, show us four yep, yep exactly that's what we did we went to show us four and we watched on a tiny screen uh a movie that was designed to appear as an older film uh, joker Mm. And that would the be a surroundings good were perfect mm -hmm. to watch so, it, it was an older movie. Can I talk about the sh uh, so the town from Weatherford, Oklahoma, when I lived there, 
it was the show West 3. Yep. And mm-hmm. I almost had a wreck driving back from a wedding last September because I drove <laughs> past it. And in my head, it just broke my brain to see the number change. I thought there was some Mandela effect stuff going on. Because <laughs> the theater I grew up in, it knew that had three screens, yep. now was a four. And it just, it's you're driving past it on the highway, and it just like, it caused my brain to reboot for a second. I'm like, wait, was my whole childhood a lie? No, so, they just cut one of the screens in half or something. <laughs> yeah. So the, the best part about watching it, if you go to the show West four, you don't want to be in one of the screens or one of the two where they split the, the big screen to the two screens, because any silent part of the movie, if the movie hiring on the screen next door is not, is has loud loudness to it. You can hear it. <laughs> this, I would think this, that would enhance something like Joker. I think that's a good call, Brian. In I Joker, see why that, that would work. be good. But if uh, you're watching something like, you know, like a rom-com and you're in there in an action movie, and you uh, have I think a silent Joker, part, you know, Joker was on the first screen as you enter. Do you guys remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they first put, I don't think the, they put right. the the big stuff on the on the in the 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 back theater anymore. I think everything yeah. goes into one of the first two because of the the yeah. fact that there's actually good sound quality or yeah, better it, sound quality. It was, yeah, like it was the okay. These folks, these theater, th- this particular theater had one aisle down the middle, and then seats on the sides, and not very many. It was very narrow, and it just it reeked of old timey hmm. because this place i don't even know how old it is but it just it it fit i was like the, we're here to watch yeah. a movie that's set in the 70s has had even the warner brothers like 70s logo or like 70s 80s, like the old warner brothers logo and i was like this is great yeah that's that's a perfect because yeah your feet will stick to the floor like they would in the town in joker the perma perma urine stench that's in parts mm-hmm. of it or something uh yeah it's it was yeah the ambiance was excellent awesome the best part about the joker is you realize if it's the same one that's in uh the dark knight batman just beat up a 70 year old man <laughs> that's a joke <laughs> but you know actually one of my favorite movie uh, experiences ever was with uh brian when we were seniors in high school and uh it was before we knew freddie versus jason was coming out and then we got hit with this nice little tasty trailer for jason x before Freddy vs. Jason came out. And so we're excited. And Brian and I go open tonight, and I don't remember who went with us. And there's some, I don't remember the romantic comedy that came out at the same time. Probably the old crew, yeah. Yeah, but I don't remember the rom-com that came out at the same time. And there was just probably 50 kids from our school going to watch that. And like, what are y'all going to watch? Jason X, because it's going to be amazing. <laughs> really you think it's going to be good? Oh, no, we didn't say it's going to be good. We said it's going to be, <laughs> be amazing. amazing. It's going to be fun. And so, like, it sure people, was. That, yeah, we packed that theater, so Show Us 3 owes us a check for getting them to watch that many people to watch Jason X, because we packed Jason X and whatever rom-com that was coming on when didn't have shit in it anymore, because everybody went to watch the movie that Brian and I were praising that we'd never seen and we knew was going to be bad, Yeah, but it was so bad, it's yeah, awesome. We knew it. everyone loved the, the, the sleeping bags. Yeah, sleeping bags, best part. Yep. You think it would have been about a boy? Could have been. Mm. Or the sweetest thing, maybe. Like we didn't always get sweetest stuff thing. It was the weekend. sweetest thing. Yeah. The sweetest thing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, a bunch <laughs> of people are gonna go see that because yeah, because that was one that Cameron Diaz's follow up to something about Mary. Uh, so. yeah, I'm not sure right. the order there, but right around it was there. also the same time period as Bend It Like Beckham coming out. That feels oh, like it was more. <laughs> hmm. 
but anyway, so yeah, it, but I just remember we packed like everybody from our school that we were talking to. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go watch. Let's go watch Jason X. And I was just like, man, if you talk your girlfriend into missing a romantic comedy to go watch a slasher flick, you're <laughs> awesome. But you know. <laughs> we had a good time. We, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this sidebar uh, theater <laughs> sidebar. Remember the yeah no like I, I and I think that's a conversation uh, we should go into more down the road just some more theater experiences like that because i i do like it's it's interesting when it comes to movie theaters like i love the this is the laser screen with motion seats and blah 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 but i also like show west i'm gonna still gonna say three go uh, ahead because my brain will break but i still like those original original town theaters the experience where it's like oh that my seat just fell over but then the gum pulled it back to where it came from, you know, like all the old gum stuck underneath it is keeping it put. Um, so, I just, it, both, both of those are great experiences. Brian, it, the show West still have the crappy floor seating though, where it's, you better pray the person in front of you is not three inches taller. Cause you're not seeing the screen if they are. Well, we were in there pretty much by ourselves. Cause we watched, we, we were there and I didn't, I was paying attention more to the movie. Obviously I was there with my yeah. mom, my sister and my niece okay. watching Joker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. And we had the run of the place pretty much. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I think we've, uh, I think we've covered all the bases today. Uh, mm -hmm. Watch Fright Night. If you didn't already, I mean, pay five bucks or whatever. Thanks a lot, Zach, for making people, pay for the movie and check out on HBO max, check out <laughs> Batman returns uh, for this. You month, know, if it's, if it's still there, Fright night is cheaper for someone to pay for than the blob was. Oh, and I would like to bring <laughs> up another, not if they bought the night. four pack, <laughs> <laughs> four pack returns value, so, value, value. So when Fright night came out, guys, it came out in the summer, in the summer of 1985, it was the number one grossing horror movie of that summer. And here's a little fun fact for everybody. It was what the was number two horror movie of the year. Do you know what number one was? 1985. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, was Mark. it? It wasn't uh, Freddy's Revenge, was it? Bing, 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 bing. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge is I the highest grossing horror. Elm Street 2. Well, get talking into your mic and not into your monitor. <laughs> and, uh, I, yes, I didn't it, look. I was like, "What came out the next year?" I was like, "Oh yeah, they rushed Nightmare on Elm Street 2. It could no way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was I'm Nightmare on Elm Street two. Robert England's second voyage into the Son of a Thousand Maniacs. Uh, yeah, folks, just so you know, uh, Robert England was not every representation of Freddy in that movie. You'll know which no, one he is. <laughs> when you see the movie, we could put anybody in the mask. Burger, nope. burger. <laughs> uh, no. I was going to say uh, the thing that happens with box office on horror sequels is you're always seeing the box office from the movie before it. Yep. You know, so it might be the best sequel, but if the one before it sucked, you're seeing a lower return because it just always ha it always like follows. Well, how did I like the one before it? And that's how they like they talk about that a lot with the the documentary on like the. Uh, Friday the 13th movies that happened a lot where they're like, this one was great, but the box office sucked. And then the next one had a box office, but that one sucked, you know? <laughs> yep. So you mentioned Friday the 13th and earlier you talked about child's play with the trailer. 
So if you ever get a chance to watch the original trailer to the the to the original Friday the Thirteenth, you will know every character that dies and how they die <laughs> from the trailer. Oh hi. Yeah. Well, speaking and of I trailers, do... folks, do watch the Sky Sharks trailer. It is awesome. <laughs> the best people wa- working in Hollywood today are the people who put trailers together. At least <laughs> some of them. This was amazing. I was yeah. like, wow, got to watch this. You're nice. right. They are because they managed to squeeze a whole two or three hour movie into a three minute trailer. So you don't even need to watch it to know what happens. Yeah. yeah. All right, Brian. Let's take us home, buddy. All right, folks. We had a lot of advice going around, particularly on this movie. I feel that you shouldn't be overzealous in telling people you think a vampire lives next door. Maybe kind of ease them into it. You know, be like, hey, maybe trick them. Trick them into seeing some of the craziness for themselves rather than go around town to strangers and say, hey, got a vampire next door. Want to handle it? I think if you you get your friends in on it first, just don't go just don't go solo screaming at the top of your lungs vampire next door. I think you'll get a lot more help if you can ease people into it, show them what's going on. Don't just think because they're your friends they won't be concerned that you may be crazy. Things might go a little bit smoother next time and maybe one of your friends won't be turned into a vampire because of it i don't know just just keep that in your head if you happen to witness any strange goings on goodbye folks you're so cool to fever (laughs) 